If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today we're talking about what is the best way to pursue your passions. So Todd, one of our avid listeners, Chris Scott. Uh, <laughs> Shout out, Chris Scott. Thank you for listening, Chris. I was talking to Chris. I hope yes. he's wearing his shorts. Say what? He always likes to wear his shorts. He I does like to. Yes, that's right. On the, we had a, he helped us out with a short film. <laughs> and I told everybody ahead of time, I was like, just so you guys know, we're going where there's like tons of ticks. Yeah. Mosquitoes. We're in Snakes. the woods. Like, yeah, uh, like thorns and <laughs> briar and stuff. So make sure you wear long pants. Yeah. And he shows up in shorts. Shorts. <laughs> it was very hot. So I bet he was cooler. Yeah, and yeah. he said he didn't get any ticks no. or a bunch of mosquito bites. So he just lathered himself willpower. in willpower. Yeah, willpower. <laughs> he just lathered himself in um, insect repellent spray. What, what, what? Bug spray. Bug spray. I mean, Bug spray. literally what you said was right as well. Insect repellent there's spray. A, yeah, there's a ton of I exactly. mean, it is a repellent. It's not, That's right. it doesn't kill them or anything. Yes. It's, just, it's a scent that Too they bad. don't like. Too bad, man. Uh, I have dogs. That's why dogs. you have to drink the mosquito. That's right. <laughs> I, have to I have dogs, Lucky and Murphy. And um, uh, <laughs> at one point, uh, we had a little issue of fleas in our office, remember? Right, yeah. Our old office. Ago, yeah. yeah. And um, I thought it might be my dogs. I'm not saying that it wasn't, but it could have could have been other things too. <laughs> Dog shaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I talked to the vet about it, and they were like, actually, as long as you're giving them the flea prevention stuff, they're like, this flea stuff isn't like repellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually, when they, when you, because it's ingestible, when they eat it, uh, it turns their blood into poison to the fleas. Amazing. And I was like, man, I wish I could do that to mosquitoes yeah. with my blood. Is yeah. there something I could take where anytime a bug bites me, it just immediately flies uh, off and dies? You get AIDS. <sighs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's how that works. Uh, uh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> Um, so anyways, uh, so me and Chris were talking yesterday. Uh, he's down at the Georgia Film Academy. Uh, and, um, uh, we were talking about just careers and jobs and stuff. And he mentioned something that I thought was really interesting that I thought would be worth talking about. He was telling me about a director that he couldn't remember the name of, um, now Scorsese, because you know all he wants to talk about is Marvel. Well, I'm Francis Ford Coppola. I know, <laughs> yeah. Update folks on that one. Francis Ford Coppola called him uh, something even worse than not cinema. What do you call him? Like vile or, trash. Yeah, basically. Like I think he did say trash. I think uh, yeah, it was something. It was something similar to that. I think it was a fancier word, but but basically, yeah, just pieces of garbage is what he called him. And uh, <laughs> and so then the CEO Bob Iger of Disney. Like basically came out and like told them to like shut up. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, he's like, I respect them and their opinions, but they don't know what they're talking about. Well, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It but doesn't, it was you should look up. Have you Francis read the Ford Coppola? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like what's he made lately? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like the one hit wonder. Like complaining to Taylor Swift about her music. Yeah. Um, the uh, you should read the article though if you haven't looked it up. <laughs> Bob Iger like just like trash talking these two guys. He actually does it like really well. Yeah. Where you're like, ooh, drop the mic, Bob. Uh, all right. So Chris was telling me though that this director mentioned that 
for us, mm-hmm. we were talking. We're talking about passion, so this applies to everybody because yeah. we know that we have some people who aren't filmmakers um, or maybe in the creative field per se. Uh, but uh, for us, our passions is creativity and filmmaking. Um, but so for for creatives or for any passion, creative uh, storytelling. Yeah, almost. creative storytelling. Uh, he's like the director was saying, the worst thing you can do for your creativity and your filmmaking is to go work a job using that creativity that you don't like, mm-hmm. um, that like doesn't actually fulfill that creativity because then everything that you associate with that creativity, that creativity then becomes associated with stuff that you don't like. That It becomes this thing that's tied to, I don't enjoy this experience. You know, I don't enjoy creativity. And then all the tools that you use, whether you're a graphic designer or a painter or a photographer or a filmmaker, you know, the cameras, the paintbrushes, the editing software, the designing software, all of that then becomes a screenwriting software. All that becomes associated with not enjoying it. And so then in your free time, when you should be out making stuff for yourself, you don't want to because it's tied to these things that you don't like. Um, and so uh, Chris had a couple of great one-liners that I'm going to give on talking about it. Like he was like, you know, if you think about it, if creativity is a tool using that tool on something that you don't enjoy is just blunting that tool mm. to where you don't have a good tool anymore. Um, and he also was like, you know, if saying I want to be creative so badly that I'll do anything is a very dangerous thing to say is what he was saying. He's like, if you think about that out loud, he's like, that's the same thing as saying, I'm so hungry, I'll eat anything. Mm. Well, when you're really, really hungry, you don't actually want to eat anything. Yeah. I mean, like, you, like even though you might be like, I'm so hungry, I will eat anything, or I'm so thirsty, I'll drink anything, but, like, if what you're drinking or eating is actually bad for you, then you actually don't want it. Yeah. You know, like... I think the Bible says, like, to a hungry man, vinegar is like honey or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and there's been times where I've been really hungry that I stop and eat at fast food joints and then... Two hours later, I'm regretting my decision. Yeah, you know, and wishing that I had ate sooner. Um, so, I think that's actually a really good point. Yeah, you know, being like, I'm so, you know, I'm so, I want to be creative or I want to be a filmmaker so bad that I'll shoot anything. Well, hey, will you shoot this random promo video or this PSA thing, and then it just ends up being this horrible project that takes forever, and it, you know, you kind of drown in it, and it kind of, kind of takes away your enjoyment of it. Yeah. I want to give like two arguments for both, and then I'm curious just to just talk about it in general because I think I think this is something that is like really worthwhile to talk about uh, because uh, a I don't think people talk about it that much, and I think people do a lot of times say I want to be creative so bad I'll do anything, um, and there is a significant value with protecting your creativity spirit, mm-hmm. almost like it's a little fire and you have to like guard it really carefully. But then on the flip side, I also think that there is an element of like paying your dues. Yeah. So I'll start with actually that part. Well, no, I'll start with the creativity part. Uh, nope, I'll start with the paying <laughs> the dues part. Um, so against this argument, I'd say, you know, you and I have done, we have done, what this guy said not to do. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, we have gone out and used our creativity to make money for our day jobs. I've pretty much only done that. Yeah. You've done some other stuff before coming with me, but for the most of your like adult working life, you've been doing the same thing. Um, and uh, I I definitely feel like 
where we are, the people that we've met, the skills that we've acquired. Like we would not be the filmmakers that we are today if it hadn't been for all the times that clients paid us to basically go learn on their dime. Yeah. Um, we also wouldn't have connections with crew that we've been able to meet and work yeah. with over the years, even positive connections because we've been the ones paying them, you know, versus them coming and helping us for right. free. I mean, it's like, there's yeah. like a, Hey, this guy has helped me pay my bills before. Um, I think we've also learned to refine our creativity to where we're still, um, uh, we we still try to go above and beyond as much as we can, but we're also realistic in ways that like myself as a younger filmmaker definitely wasn't. You know, it's like I now know like what's actually feasible and possible. Yes. Yeah. Um, we've also learned a lot about like the logistical side of it, the relationship management side of it, even like taking notes, like critical notes from people, working with crews. I mean, it's just like, actual experience that yeah. you put like on a resume, like we've got an enormous amount of experience thanks to working for being a gun for hire yeah. for people. Um, and it's, it's hard to actually imagine myself at least. And I feel like it would be hard. It's hard for me to imagine either of us getting to where we are now, as far as our skill level as filmmakers, if we hadn't gotten the opportunity to do it for a living. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially looking back at our like our old reels and stuff. Yeah, not too long. Yeah. Ago. Um, on the flip side of that, um, I will say though that uh, we were saying this off mic a second ago when I was just kind of quickly telling you about what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, you and I have a pathetic amount of work, creative yeah. work that we've done outside of Brain Red, and we regularly talk about the fact that we don't want to go film stuff on Saturdays or Sundays or in the evenings. Because we do it for a living. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely projects that are extremely draining. Um, and you're just glad that they're over. And the last thing you want to do is sit down and edit more videos. Yeah. Or go shoot. And I mean, and for me, it's like, I sometimes maybe would enjoy shooting something, but now I know that then it, all this other stuff has to happen after we shoot it. Yeah. We got to edit it. We got to do audio. We got to get changes, you know, or, oh, if we really want this to be good. Like now, because of the work that we've done, I know what it takes to do something right and do it good. And I'm like, oh, there's so much like work involved with that that I don't really want to do. Yeah. Because I've just done it on other projects that we just don't do stuff. Yeah. Um, And I also think, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot, me and you, just in general about the fact that like when people first enter the more commercial filmmaking, uh, not like going and making films or independent films, but like where you go and do it for a paycheck, um, that so many young people come out and it's like, they do have this like hopeful, like I need, I'm only going to do the stuff the way that I want to do it when I want to do it, all that kind of thing. And to a certain degree like that, like we kind of laugh at that at this point because it's like when you first come out, that sort of gets like beaten out of you. Yeah in a in a in a sort of painful experience in a painful way until eventually you just realize oh this is what i gotta do to pay my bills yeah and you just start doing it because yeah. that's what it takes um and to a certain degree i don't think that like i feel like we actually just get more calloused to that experience we're like wine we get crushed by feet yeah. and we're bottles full of bitterness and <laughs> well but i mean i think like now and like clients want me to change something that I know is a bad decision. Yeah. 
but that's what they want. Yeah. I can tell exactly like this is a losing battle. There's no point in fighting it. And I've just grown callous to like caring. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I just do it because that's what they want, you yeah. know? And I just move on and I go home and I just like let it go, you know? Yeah. Uh, like Frozen. Like, uh, what's her <laughs> name? Elsa. Uh, Elsa. Like Elsa. Me and Elsa, we're just letting it go. Uh, so uh, I do think that like, you know, growing callous to something is never like a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a valid point. So those are kind of like my two, like, and then on the flip side, like when I say that we haven't, how would we have gotten here any other way than working for other people doing work that like oftentimes wasn't super creatively fulfilling? Uh, I feel like we couldn't have gotten here any other way, but on the flip side, if we had actually been making shorts every single month, pushing ourselves, being creative because our jobs weren't taking our creativity away from us or, or kind of zapping, using up our creativity. Um, would we actually be farther along as filmmakers and actually f- telling stories and making more films versus like little 30 second commercials? Um, because as much as I think a lot of people want to think that they're the same, they're similar, but they're definitely not the same. Yeah. You know, there is a difference between making a movie versus making an advertisement. Um, so I'm like, well, over the last 10 years, would we have, would we be just as good of filmmakers if we had purely done filmmaking off to the side, mm-hmm. um, versus doing production for a living? Uh, and I think of people like Jesse or even Justin who like have jobs outside of filmmaking and have done a lot of filmmaking type stuff, but they're not like Justin's a contractor, a construction worker, you know, a carpenter, a construction worker. Um, Jesse's worked on HVAC units. You know, it's like they're, they have jobs outside of kind of the industry that allows them then to have the energy. And I've worked on more of their projects and helped yeah. them with their stuff than I've actually worked on my own stuff. Yeah. So it hit home enough to me when Chris said it that I was curious to talk to you about it mm-hmm. and hear your thoughts and just have like a general conversation about like at what point does it make sense to do stuff, do a job creatively, and at what point does it make sense to do something else and do stuff on the side? Obviously, the goal is to get paid to do stuff creatively, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. Is it, it? I don't know. Your soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good, good, interesting thoughts. I think. Um, I mean, and, and definitely, like for you personally, I know you were mentioning some stuff where other people have said things that kind of agree with that. So you're welcome to talk about some of that. But I also definitely want to hear, like, do you feel like you actually have kind of worked outside of the industry somewhat at one point? Yeah, do yeah, I worked feel, at Target for two and a half years. Yeah, and, do you feel like you were more creative when you weren't editing and shooting stuff during the day? Uh, do you feel like sometimes doing the work here uh, makes it to where you have less creative desire, like creative fuel to then go do stuff outside of outside of like client work? Um, oh, just curious to yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I definitely did. I would say I did more creative stuff when. I worked at like Target and, um, but I also had like less responsibilities. 
And so, um, you talking about like life responsibilities? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you are, because you're younger, and I was younger. I wasn't. I mean, I was paying rent. I lived with my parents, but I still paid rent. But it wasn't like I had to pay for water and all these other, yeah. you know. Um, so, I think it was easier to get everyone together to make something, right? When no one was married, no one had kids, you know. Yeah. We were just, we were free, and so right. we went and grabbed the camera and just filmed something. Also, didn't have the, I didn't, like, write scripts or anything back then. I just kind of right, improvised and ideas it. and stuff like that, where now it is more of a structured, I mean, we have at least two script ideas that I've had that we just never come through. I think the... um this is love like we went location scouting and that was about the extent that we got to um just because actors felt there and stuff like that so i in i mean when i first moved here i felt like we were more actively willing to do stuff uh i think which ironically when you first moved here you were working at the retreat center yeah so yeah. you did have a different job yeah and then when you kind of started working with me that's kind of when we sort of stopped doing youtube stuff yeah yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I it's it's hard because making creative stuff is rarely ever rewarding. You know, like we, for me, I think it was when I went to that first film festival, like the first time that we went to like Riff or something, and just seeing how like no one really cares. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. Like before then, I was getting. Um, fun reactions from friends online, Facebook, and stuff like that. Um, and so you get that instant gratification of making something, and you're like, oh, this is fun. Always with the idea of, like, knowing that it could be better. Like, I'll be better when I'm older. Yeah. But when you get older, realizing to be better at something takes more work. Once again, like... We just had a podcast talking about how rest is super important. I've yeah. always been that way. And so realizing that, like, it's going to take a lot of work to make something even better than what I had. And it ultimately not being fulfilling, not paying the bills. Um, I don't know. You, with, with being able to do creative things but make money from it is you get the the – perks of being able to do something creative albeit not like your script or something but you're getting paid for it the client likes it like you're getting to be able to do something instead of going like i no matter what working at like target or something like that is just mind-numbing yeah and it's a lot of work and I was tired after that. So it wasn't like I was making something every weekend. I think over the course of two and a half years, I made like two videos while working at Target. You know, so it wasn't, I've made it more, I mean, we made a whole feature movie while working together, you yeah. know. Uh, we made a short, so I think it's it also comes down to laziness. <laughs> yeah. Like we're just lazy. Like if we were just willing to kick, get our butts in the gear, I think we would be able to do it. So there's there is an idea of like, oh, you're using up all your creativeness on, uh, on your job, but that's the same thing as Trump saying he doesn't work out because he believes the body is only a certain amount of energy. 
you know, if you work out, you're using up that energy, so that means you'll die sooner, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And Trump said a lot of dumb things. But he believes that. That's the president of the United yeah. States. Yeah, we're not talking about Trump. Though. I know. But <laughs> Get back over to it. It is always for idea, you, but I try it's hard. It's the to. idea of we think that creativity only is like a certain amount that we have, which that's not true. Energy is ultimately energy. It keeps flowing through us. Um, our in it, Our creative juices are going to be used no matter what. Like we have to, like especially for just to present ourselves to other human beings, we have to be creative. <laughs> we have to think of interesting topics. Like to to exist, you have to have creativity. And so I, I think the idea of like using, I think what it ultimately comes down to is, are you making something? And are you willing to like, like we've grown and I know I have thought differently about storytelling and creativity through the work that we've done, through understanding storytelling, through marketing, through watching movies, you know, like through these different, um, and that's just growing older as a human being, like getting wiser and being able to look at things. So I I don't agree with that. I, I think it's the easy way would be to be like, yeah, just go work for your daily living life. Just go work on a mindless job. So then you can come back fresh for um to work on whatever project you are but i remember me being mentally drained just being around people you know like if yeah. that's if that's a creative side of things if you're like to be creative you have to be like not using creativity for anything else but once again like i was so tired from just being around human beings it's, I think you have to find what inspires you to be more creative. So is your creative work like, like, man, we were so like fired up after working on that short film, yep. you know, like yep. it was, and that wasn't our project, but there is something about being around other things or even when we film a commercial, we're fired up. You know, that's one of the things that Jacob would always say. It's like, all right, let's make our own movie. Yeah. You know? I think it comes down to our laziness. <laughs> we just, we didn't take the time to do it or we look at a script and we go, uh, and, and that, that brings up, uh, Christopher McQuarrie who has directed, he's officially him and Tom Cruise, like do everything together. Now, um, he did the last couple of mission Impossibles, and he did ready player or, uh, live, die, repeat, uh, edge of tomorrow. And he did this whole Instagram story talking about, um, writers and the the lottery essentially it's like how do i submit my uh script and he he was saying that he's like even after winning an oscar people weren't taking my scripts and he goes it really comes down to you making your script that is how you're going to make it is making stuff and we hear that all the time make stuff make stuff and where are we hearing it from the people who make stuff you know i think ultimately they are the ones that have the best answer for this and i mean i don't know what their jobs were before getting into all this but i think most of these guys have done creative stuff like spielberg's done creative stuff since his 20s you know yeah he's kind of a bad example he's a really bad example i mean in his before he was like 20 years old he had a job at at warner brothers so um 
directing basically. Yeah. So, uh, but the 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 show, the Comedy Central show, corporate, and that's where it kind of supports the other side of things. Uh, one of the main guys there talked about how he took a job as a chandelier salesman because he wanted to have like zero brain power on anything other than his script. Like he would go home at night and just write. But the thing is, he was without even knowing it, like being promoted as a chandelier like salesman, and then finally he just like quit, like because he's like, problem is like I am too good, you know, and that is nice to have good money come in and that was a distraction for him and so he had to like kind of step back and even like find like the most menial low you know bottom of the tier job the way he could just think about his scripts all day so yeah uh yeah i think uh and i think i think laziness definitely comes in part with it for everything and i think whatever your other job is like you know Target might not be the best example, mm -hmm. you know, of like a job that, because there is, um, being creative requires mental energy. You know, it does require going out and shooting stuff does require physical energy. Um, uh, although it doesn't make sense to not work out because you have a, you know, whatever, we're not going to go down that route, <laughs> but there is an element to where like, if you are like, if you have a very physical, physically draining job, you're not going to then come home and then go run a marathon. Exactly. And just like if you have a mentally draining job, you're not going to come home and then solve work crossword puzzles. Right. You know, like there is a certain amount of energy we have each day that is going to be spent throughout the day. Yeah. And when we spend it all, then we're tired and we have to sleep and rest and recover and do it all over the next day. So I do think there is an element to where um, there is still, I think, some truth in the idea that, um, you know, like if you're starving, don't just eat anything. Yeah. I think that is still true. Yeah. Um, and I also think, uh, I do think too that like the association of, of like, uh, like if doing wedding videos just like depressed you, de you know, like if I had to do wedding videos for a living, I would hate my life. Mm -hmm. Well, hating your life is not a good way to be creative. Yeah. I would be better off being a chandelier salesman. Mm-hmm. And then coming home and writing scripts, then going and being a wedding videographer, especially even if like wedding videographer meant that I had like more free time. Yeah. Just because like my free time, they would then be spent being depressed and not writing or trying to make movies. So I do think there, you know, and I think the, um, I think also like the idea of like, if you got into this industry because things are supposed to be fun somehow still keeping it fun is actually like really important. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes the necessity of making a paycheck means that you end up doing a lot of stuff that isn't fun, you know? Yeah. So I think I kind of lean a little bit more to the other side of things a little bit, just because, I mean, I do think laziness plays a part into it, but I also think there is an element to where like the, what the lifestyle requirements are to do certain creative jobs. Yeah, that's good. Can then affect yeah. what you then end up going and doing. You know, like, yeah, would it be better to be on a TV show, you know, as a writer and mm -hmm. then go home inspired from writing on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then you go home and you write your own comedy movie? Yeah, of course. But if you're writing 
you know, news for some horrible local channel and your life is miserable, the last thing you're going to want to do is go home and write more. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely been projects that we've done that like, I don't even want to come into this building. Yeah. Let alone like go and make stuff outside of work. Yeah. Um, just because like this building is associated with that project that I'm so over with and ready to move on. Yeah. You know, so I think that, I think there's some value to that. And obviously the problem with doing it as your job is that then it like, you don't have a choice. You have to do it whether you want to or not. Yeah. Um, where if there was some way to make money outside of that, so the problem is you have to have like this perfect ideal job that still gives you like freedom and flexibility yeah. to go make stuff. Yeah. And that is like really hard. I also think with creativity, I think you need to find the things that like feed it. What is it? What are you doing that like feeds your creativity? So like for me, when I used to listen to music, that would like, I would become so creative and I would write out this need of feeling and emotions and stuff like that. But since I listen to podcasts all the time, that creative side of thing just gets drowned out. As much as I love podcasts, as much as I love shows, coming home and watching shows and stuff like that, there is something about di taking in entertainment and taking in someone else's thoughts that drown out your own thoughts and that mute them and you simply just digest and you're kind of almost in this bloated <laughs> post meal phase throughout the whole night where you're like I don't want to think about making my own stuff when so many people are making great stuff and I'm digesting that so finding things that because I can tell you right now I write even after a long day working on creative stuff I come home and if I'm listening to music and it inspires me it's feeding that creative side of me and so I become more creative so I, I think that's where it also comes down to is what are you doing when you get home? You know, are you allowing space to have that feeling of, yeah, I can totally go out and, and film something? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're either making something or we're digesting something. That's yeah, but I mean, and, and I think your creativity as a writer and your creativity as a filmmaker actually has to be like distinguished as two different things for yeah. this conversation because you're not paid to write. Right. You're not a writer. Yeah. At Brand Red. Yeah. You don't, you've never, I mean, you rarely, maybe like a hand, like less than five times have like ever written a script that we've actually shot like for a client. Yeah. Like mainly I'm the one that does that. I don't think I've ever written a script. Yeah, I don't yeah. either, but I didn't want yeah. to just blatantly okay. say you that. You should just say that. I Well, I wasn't 100% yeah. sure. Those you never asked. So it's not like, <laughs> not offending me. Oh, anyway. good, good. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, I mean, I'm the editor. Right. And so, or, or, or camera. uh, so I think it's more like, are you going home? If I said, Hey, after you eat dinner, let's go and shoot a movie for four hours. Mm -hmm. We'll listen to some cool music and be inspired. Right. I don't think you would want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what we're getting paid for here. Yeah. Is to be filmmakers, not yeah. authors of books. That's true. That's you know, true. if well, I, I was thinking like writing scripts and stuff. Because we don't even have like, I think that's where it starts. Is we need to have. A yeah, but I, mean, but I mean, how many scripts have you written over the last seven yeah, years? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know that's what I'm. But yeah. you're saying that you go home and write, and I think you're going home and writing like more like poetry and stuff, right? No, I'm saying I'm not 
Oh, because you're I'm not, not listening. To oh, music. Yeah. I'm saying now that I listen to podcasts gotcha, and gotcha. watch shows, I I don't write. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like if I am going home and feeding myself music or if I'm Yeah. I, that needs to be more of a deliberate thing on my end. Gotcha. Uh, that's why I was saying, like, speaking from personal experiences, I'm not going to – I mean, you work out, you get into a routine of working out, you're going to be more willing to run or whatever. You know, yeah. I, there are things that you need to do for yourself. It's not just – you can't just blame the job or blame certain things. I think we need to be in a place where – if you're feeding yourself good food, eventually, hopefully, what I've heard <laughs> is that eventually you only want to eat good food. That's kind of the idea is that you're not allowing toxins into your life. And so as much as I love podcasts because I listen to them all the time, I do think it dumbs me down. I think because it doesn't allow me critical room to really think and be yeah, silent. Yeah, you know? you're just constantly feeling your space with noise yeah with other people's thoughts yeah 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 um yeah sorry that was confusing for, well no you, you just know. you said that you you said that you still will still go home from working here and then write is what you had said oh sorry point. i i'm not doing that i got you. i would i when i do like listen to music or when yeah. i do kind of um force myself to do to be silent like yeah. even this past weekend while ali was gone my creative juices definitely started going again. Yeah. There's something about being alone and even quiet. And when I wasn't watching a show or something, just being in a completely quiet room and having that connection again to something that is creative. Yeah. It had me do that desire yeah. of wanting to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I still am leaning towards a little bit on on what this director that Chris can't remember what his name is <laughs> uh, was saying. Um, just because uh, there is a real, I have done so many random things that yeah. have used my filmmaking skills that I really I cared about them because somebody was paying me for it, but it was just a job. Yeah, you know, and. Um, I think laziness definitely plays a factor into it. And I'm not saying that I would have gone and made more films if I had been doing something else because I still probably would have been lazy. You know, like the like the laziness is definitely an obstacle that has to be overcome. But um I mean I've I've filmed I mean and you have too, but I've filmed a lot of them, way more than than everybody else here. You know, like these highlight videos of events, you know, and flown to somewhere and filmed a coverage of the event and you know walked around and show blacks and dress shoes and you're just like you know and it, and you're just getting these videos of people drinking themselves to death basically at conferences and uh and then you know they edit together and it's just long hours and it's just like after you do something like that you definitely don't feel like coming back and going and grabbing a camera and filming something now for yourself um and the whole point of that was just to pay my bills. It wasn't yeah. like that was actually helping me go make movies. Yeah. You know, like it was just purely paying my monthly expenses. That's the whole reason I was doing it. So I think I think sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that the creative work that we do matters to us creatively. I think we use that as an excuse to make ourselves feel better about not going and doing other stuff. 
When in reality, like most of what we do here is just to put food on the table and pay our rent. And not that that's like not a really important thing because it is, but if we could find something that did something similar or like if we found something that paid our bills in a similar way, but then allowed us more freedom and flexibility to actually go and make stuff. I don't really know why that would be a loss. Right. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. You yeah, know, like I, why do we need to go make more promo videos for right. people? Promo yeah. videos aren't movies and they're not going to help us become the next Spielberg. Right. I, I heard somewhere someone was like, you should, it was kind of lo- along the same lines where it's like get a different job, not create a job. But it was like, get up, get, get like a part-time job. You know, like, yeah. so you're working enough to cover the basics and then the rest of the time you are doing creative stuff yeah. off the clock. Yeah, I mean, because eight to fives are draining. I mean, everybody yeah. who has one knows that they're draining. And whether it's in the creative field or not in the creative field, they're draining. Um, and that's why we don't go work out and that's why we don't pick up hobbies and that's why we don't do a lot of stuff, yeah. right? You know, like, um, not just filmmaking. You know, whatever your passion is, it's like, that's why, that's why my house needs to be you know, repainted. That's why my deck needs to be restated. You know, it's like all these things that I haven't done because I don't feel like doing them when I get home. Yeah. Um, but I just think, I think there is an illusion to this idea that like, oh, well, I want to be creative and this is like sort of using my creativity. So this is like good enough. Yeah. Um, and this idea that like this creativity will lead to this other thing. And like, unless you're working as a screenwriter. Yeah. Or you're working as a, like, you know, like if you're working as a, you know, Spielberg's assistant or you're on, you know, or you're an assistant writer on a show and you want to be a, a showrunner, like that stuff makes sense because you're in the career that you actually want to go. But if you're not in that yet and you're still trying to break in or trying to make something that people notice and just go out and make stuff, I think, I think potentially a creative job, because it's still a job, could potentially holds you back in what you're actually wanting to accomplish because it drains your energy and you know whatever the capacity that means you know yeah yeah i i i come back though thinking about my dad i remember i think i got picked up he picked me up from work or something something happened and I got to, I got paid to like film for something. It was like one of the first times I ever got paid to film for something. I remember looking at him and saying, I would rather do this at like the bare minimum than work at like any job, anything else. At like more. And I remember him being like, don't ever say that. <laughs> uh, this is really funny. That was like the first time like he like didn't support a dream of mine. But, um, and that just has already stuck with me. Whereas, like, I just remember working the most basic job. Now that I'm older, I think I'm more okay with doing, like, mindless jobs. When you're young, it's, like, yeah. the worst feeling yeah. in the world. But because we have podcasts and stuff, you right. know, you really can't just listen and be mindless and do something. So, yeah, it's it's hard because I do remember working in retail or working a job. And, it. I mean, no matter what it's very hard to find a good paying job that's going to cover your expenses part-time. Right. Like that is or, such... Or a full-time job that has flexibility and exactly. isn't, isn't physically or mentally yeah. draining. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I definitely think like any old job out there is definitely not good either. 
um, just like every creative job might not be bad depending on what you want to do. Um, you know, like if you're mainly an editor going home and writing screenplays might not, might be different enough yeah. that it's fine, you know, uh, or certain types of editing. But like if you had to edit training videos, which yeah. I know you hate, and that's what you had to do every day. Yeah. And there have been times where that's what you did for multiple months back to back. And you were pretty miserable to be around when you were doing them. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I think, I think it kind of depends on what creative work you're doing. Yeah. You know, like if there's, if the creative work is something that you can enjoy and you get to go and you're like, this was fun. I had a good day. Yeah. Overall, like it was still work, not something that I would choose to edit for free, but because they paid me and it wasn't bad, I enjoyed it. But then if, if that creative work ends up being something that becomes draining or stressful or, or, uh, or just something that you just don't enjoy doing. So now like you connect that work, that's, you know, those tools of working with something that you don't enjoy doing, then like, you're not going to want to go home and do more of it. Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't know. I know that we're both kind of on like opposite ends of the, on the, or not opposite ends, but we kind of have a, a slightly opposing views on this. No, but I, I get you though. I mean, when, I was around like Ali family. They were like, "Hey, cameraman, why aren't you like making video since we're all together?" And I was just like, "No, like that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to pick up a camera and shoot any of this." Yeah. <laughs> a, I'm not getting paid. You know, like that's yeah. the thing is understanding like your worth, but also realizing, you know, that's just not what I want to do. I don't want to do that in my time off. Like, and when creatives like they. I feel like you should want to be doing creative stuff, you know? Right. Like, there's something about the ability to make something memorable or tell a story. Like, yeah. you should always want to do that. Yeah, and I, I think I guess that's sort of when he said that, that's what sort of hit me was just like, you know, on, on the weekends, a lot of times the last thing I want to do is come down to the studio and set up a shoot. Yeah. Because I know that's like what we have to do during the week. Yeah. And, you know, and so, um, and it's not that I don't enjoy what we do during the day because I do, and it's not that I don't still enjoy filmmaking because I do, but it's just, um, it's not like a fun hobby anymore. Yeah. You know, where it used to be like a fun hobby. Now, I think somewhat you have to kind of like sort of figure out like what are you really trying to achieve in your in your creativity, you know, and to a certain degree like having a creative job as your career somewhat means that it's no longer going to be a fun hobby. Yeah. I mean, you know? there's so many people I already see that in interviews where like, especially com comedians, like they talk about how they never watch comedy shows, you know, like they're like, Oh no, I don't watch that stuff. I, I watch dramas. I watch, you know, or there's people that legitimately don't ever watch anything and they're in that industry all the time. And so it's just, to me, that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. I do love, I love, watching those things yeah yeah it is i agree i mean now you have other people like quentin tarantino who like loves movies and continues yeah. to watch movies and has like this huge library of movies and has like a little mini movie theater in his house and you know so you know i think you know you could be at an agency getting to do like really fun creative spots that are like goofy and like totally within your your vein yeah and kind of your style and then you get to go and like turn that into also doing projects outside of that um 
I've also been in like the few times I have had jobs outside of the creative field. I was in jobs where I was like so bored and felt so pointless being there or like the work was so like mundane that, um, that it like that soul sucking. Yeah. That sucked to my soul. Even though like in reality, I should have just been able to go in there and do my thing and leave. Yeah. It was like, it was miserable. I'd be counting the hours and the minutes until I could get off work. So I don't think that's good either. Yeah. You know? So I think a lot of it really, maybe more my stance on it. It's where I don't completely agree with that, what that director said, but I do think that like, whatever, if you're a creative or you're trying to pursue your passions, like what your day job is, if you're pursuing your passions outside of your normal eight to five job, whatever that eight to five job, whatever that day job is, is like really important. Yeah. To make sure that it sets you up to be able to have the energy to pursue whatever your passion is. Yeah. You know, um, if you're not able to, and what would be the point of having a creative job or a job within your passion during the eight to five would be if there's skills you can acquire from that job that help you. Yeah. You know, and so that would be kind of where some of our work, especially over the last four or five years, has really helped us grow as filmmakers by better understanding gear and crew and scheduling and the whole aspect of production and, you know, color grading and like so much things like that. But, um, but there is definitely a point to where your creative job could be holding you back Yeah. Um, from getting to that next level. And not because it's so much a creative job, but just because it's your job. Yeah. I think there's definitely moments where if you're trying to pursue a passion outside of work, your actual work, paying work, could be holding you back by uh, hurting your ability to go out and do that work outside of work. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. You still disagree? No, I I I, I do. I do, I You do disagree? No, I I agree with you. I think um you're welcome to disagree. Yeah. That's why I thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. I I think the ultimate villain is uh the the over uh overworked masses of capitalism. <laughs> uh you know, I I mean, I just I really do think about the times that I was working at Target and even if it was, I was working maybe 30 hours a week or whatever, and that's not that much, but like it would just wreck me because, you know, you would have seven hour, eight hour shifts and you're standing on your feet the whole time. So then the next day, you're not moving. So like the creativity would come like after like three days having the, you know, first two days of recovery and then the third day, you're like, oh, okay, I feel like you get bored and so you, had the need to make something. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's hard because, yeah, I mean, our line of work, when it's busy, it is really, really busy. And so, of course, like, we're not going to be wanting to do anything creatively. But anything like that, like, more and more jobs, like, even mindless, like, office jobs always have crunching, you know, you're getting into it. And that's the whole thing with the office is that gym was wanting to get out, but he ends up working there for nine years, 12 years, you know, and he's still working there. Well, now at the end he goes, no, he came back. <laughs> he came back. <laughs> you just didn't see it. Yeah. It was, in ne- it was in the next season. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's what, what are you going to prior prioritize? Like 
as you get older, you get families, you know, you can't do the same things as a married man as you did when you were single. Yeah. You can't do the same things as, you know, once you have kids and there's just more and more the quality of life, your aspirations and your vision. I mean, even Spielberg stopped filming after a while so he could spend more time with his kids and family. Time is allotted to a certain amount of things. And unfortunately, like we have things that we have to take care of financially. And so like maybe our only chance to do creative stuff is to get paid for it. Yeah. And so I think it's that fine line of, because no matter what, there is at least 40 hours a week that you have to be doing something yeah, to make money. And so those 40 hours are going to be allotted to either mind-numbing work or creative work. And the reality is mind-numbing work, you're exhausted because it's mind-numbing work. <laughs> and so once you get home, you're like, finally, I get to do the thing I want to do. And more than likely, because we like movies and shows, we want to watch movies and shows. And because, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's no, a I double-edged it, sword. No, it is. And I think you make a good point, too. The older you get, the more your responsibilities grow, that um, there's just a reality to... Um, you're like, I want to go film. No, you need to clean the house. We right. Stuff to repair. I'm right. Like, or, um, or man, I'd like to work this part-time job that gives me more freedom to go film. It's like, cool, but that's not going to give you enough to pay your bills. Yeah. So you can't do that. Yeah. Um, or your wife is like, I'm not cool with, you know, you not making as much money anymore or whatever. Right. You know? um, or I need to take care of my kids. They need to, they need diapers. They need baby food, you know. Um, and I also think there's an element to where, as much as all of us want to be the best that we can be in our passions and, and want to be at the top of the class, we want to be the Spielberg of filmmaking or whatever your passion is. It's like, there's also a real, a harsh reality. This is the part of a, of the podcast I don't want to talk about, but there's also the part where like, we're not all Spielberg no. and the best that we might ever achieve is making commercials yeah. for, um, manufacturing companies i think that's where i was going back earlier where i was saying that creative work is not uh rewarding usually because we're not spoken like people talk about like make a lot of stuff often you know make as much and the reality is most of the time the stuff's not good enough to get the praise and that's how it is in everything right like the number of people who actually make it into the nba is so slim you know, so many college students, uh, you know, to make it to a Division One school, to make it into the AAU, to make it into all these lower tier things, you start going down the line. Like, you have to be better than everyone. And so everyone is wanting to get into entertainment. And it seems like it's a gold rush because of Netflix and all this stuff and all this content. The reality is, because you have that dream, five million other people have that dream. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which, I mean, I think there's always that challenge of like, well, do you go for it like 110% hoping that you'll get there? Or do you just settle for something that's less? And I think that definitely is the challenge for everybody. And Mm -hmm. it gets, I think that question gets harder and harder the older you get. Yeah. Because A, like your chances are getting less and less. Yeah. And uh, and then obviously your um, availability to take on that risk of pursuing that kind of stuff also gets like higher and higher. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a component to this as well that like, 
you know, if it's between doing creative work that maybe isn't as exciting as what you hoped for versus working at Target, and that's your only two options, then it's better to do the creative work. Really, the ideal situation is, like, to work for one of those jobs where they're like, yeah, we are doing the experimental thing of only 20 hours a week or whatever, you know, and you're getting paid the full amount or whatever. Like, it's nice. Or a job that's, like, really easy, but you get paid decently well for it. Yeah, and... Like, not great, but, like, good enough to pay your bills. Where you're like, this is a really easy job. It's chill. It's fine. It's fun. It's relaxing. And then you go home and you're not like drained. Yeah. If you can find a day job that doesn't drain you and you come home at the end of the day with energy, that would be like the ideal scenario. But once again, also, I think it also comes down to time. You know how, I mean, a film shoot will always be a film shoot. Yeah. And so like you can have this super easy five, you know, eight to nine or nine, eight to five or nine to five or whatever job that they already say. But you still have to find time in your life to film something. And more than likely, back when we didn't even have scripts, when we did the Only Real Men Can Grow Mustaches, that was a 12-hour day. You know, from early in the morning till you know, that night. Like, constant filming. So you still have to find... And that's, like, as simple. No light setups, nothing. Yeah. You know, just a camera, friends, and we're going out and we're improvising. That's it. 12-hour day. So, like, you still have to find time. So, really, like, something has to be sacrificed. Like, that's just the reality of it. And the older you get, unless you are like, I know for certain I will one day become a Spielberg and I can make millions million dollars. Like, that's the reason why Quentin Tarantino still has money because he's a multimillionaire and he doesn't have the same job as a grip who has to, <laughs> right. you know, Quentin Tarantino can come in and do all the fun parts and go home. Sure, it's hard to be a director, but he's made, like, what, nine films? Right. Like, right. at the end of the day, there are people who just have it better. Yeah. <laughs> and that is just the reality of it. We are in a system that we don't have those opportunities. Yeah, but, I mean, those people all had to make them initially, you know? Yeah, but, I mean... I like, mean, Quentin Tarantino was working at Blockbuster when he wrote uh, Reservoir Dogs. Well, he wrote... Uh, what was the movie? It's the movie with Christian Slater. Because he started out with a script, and he sold that script, and then made Reservoir Dogs. And I can't remember... What's it? It's, it's the movie that, like, everyone's like, oh, I like, but it's kind of a... I don't know. Ryan Smith knows, but um. But I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's still though a thing, right? I mean, because I I think I think there's if the goal is to break in mm-hmm. to the industry to where you are getting to do a a like entry level version of what you want to do, you know, and selling a screenplay and being a professional screenwriter is definitely in the industry. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's probably. You know, like if your passion is to direct or your passion is to be a creative director at an agency or your passion is to, you know, run your own flower farm, you know, like whatever your like ultimate dream is, there is like an entry level position at the bottom of that ladder mm-hmm. that you can climb up to. Um, and it's like somehow getting that job, getting access to that job so you can move up is, is the job you have to get. Um, and the way that you do that is by making this stuff on the evenings and doing it off on the side to try to like break into that. Um, 
So I think that's where like writing a screenplay and selling it like definitely counts as like getting it in, you know, yeah. kind of getting into getting your foot into the door, you know. So, and he did that while working at Blockbuster. You can't remember what it is, right? Yeah, Tony Scott directed it, and Christian Slater is one of the stars. Yeah, I just I can't. Is it that one about like doesn't it have like missiles or something in it? Yeah, something like baby or like it was a weird like cool flashy. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. And yeah, he sold it for five hundred thousand dollars, and he took all that money, and he made Reservoir Dogs, and then it's just kind of built from there. Yeah. So, I mean, if I was able to sell something for five hundred thousand dollars to make a movie out of it, I mean, as to me, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, to a certain degree, like what's holding us back from? I mean, obviously, selling something for five hundred thousand dollars is a big deal, but. Uh, but what's what's holding us back from going and selling a script, having good scripts, yeah, that people want to buy, that's worth buying, yeah, you know, um, so I guess, I don't know, I I think there's still some, but obviously, like you said, not laziness obviously also plays a big yeah. part in it. Yeah, I mean, Chris, that was the whole thing with Chris McQuarrie talking about like the lottery. You know, you can either play the lottery to sell your screenplay. Or you can make your screenplay and yeah. keep making things, making them over and over and over and over. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I um, I think it really does depend a lot on like what your ultimate goal is. Yeah. And then there's a career track version of it. I mean, no matter what, you want to do it for money. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make a Star Wars movie for free. Yeah. You know, like I want to get paid for it. Um, so... I think you have to figure out what that ultimate job would look like that you'd be happy that you're getting paid for it for and figure out how to get there. And if making stuff to prove that you have the right to that job or gives you the credibility to apply for that job, then like figuring out the jobs that will help you get there, whether they're in the creative field that like helps you better know how to like gives you the experience to go get that job or gives you the freedom and flexibility to go make stuff to get that job. Yeah. You know, I think both of those are like valid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whether I'm, you're working I'm, at Blockbuster or selling chandeliers or you're in the industry. Yeah. I'm still trying to think of the name of that movie. <laughs> you can just look it up. <laughs> I don't have my phone on me. Oh, I'll look it up for you. Uh, just look up Tony Scott and then... Uh, I mean, what about... I mean, so... I think it was 80... When I think about this a little bit, I think about your wife. Just because she's my wife, but I also don't want to talk about her without yeah too much of her but permission. But a, you might know, you might be more comfortable sharing. Yeah, without she getting is in a trouble. product designer, which is different than what she got into, which was graphic design, and so she and the first couple of jobs she didn't like, right? And those were not product design jobs. Like that was the interesting thing is those other jobs, but they were technically creative. Yes. And she didn't like them. Right. Well, the environments. I think that's the biggest thing is the yeah. environments. What environments are you in? Um, Which would kind of go back to the same thing. Yeah. I mean, because the environment of a creative job, I mean, is like 90% of the job. Yeah. The actual part of doing the work, most of the time, is usually relatively enjoyable. Yeah. It's the people that you have to deal with that makes a job yeah. not enjoyable. The client that asks for 500 changes, 
the client who doesn't understand what good creativity is or good marketing is or whatever, you know, the client who doesn't want to pay you the client, you know, it's like, usually that's the issue, the boss or the boss that doesn't get it. The boss that's annoying the boss, you know? Um, so I don't know. I mean, do you feel, do you feel like her experience backs up the idea that not every creative job is good for you? Or do you feel like it continues to more support how you feel about it, that it's worth it anyways. Yeah. I would be interested to know if, like, Quentin Tarantino, while he was working at Blockbuster or those guys, if they were actually working or if they were there and they were working on their other stuff. You know? Like, I think at a certain point, like, what we're saying is if you're going to work in a place that doesn't use up your creativity... Still doesn't change the fact that it's eight hour shift or whatever. And so you have most more than likely you're spending those eight hours at that job. Half of them maybe working be writing your script behind the counter or whatever. <laughs> um, and Quentin Tarantino was surrounded by movies. If he was at Blockbuster, so he was getting inspiration, finding things that feed him, feed his soul once again. I think when you're in a bad environment for Allie, it was like just being in a burning fire. So it wasn't even like her doing the creativity of the job was a problem. It was being in a place that she just needs to escape. But now that she's at Surya or her, her place of work, she is getting inspired to look up trends and see what's coming out and so that can help with patterns and being creative. Um, but that doesn't mean she necessarily comes home and makes something. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't... be interesting to actually hear her thoughts yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I remember when she was in school, all the different things that she talked about doing yeah. and struggling to find a thing that... F- was fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and to a certain degree, like if you're doing what you're, if you're getting creative fulfillment at your job, at your creative job, yeah. like there's no reason to go home and do more creative stuff. Yeah. You know, like, so uh, I think if it's like, well, I think that's where I'm coming from. It's like, for me, even like the crappiest of like wedding shoots or something is still more fulfilling them working a eight hour shift at Target. <laughs> I just I really did not like retail and did not like those things and Yeah, I but mean, I mean it, maybe Target's like a bad example. Like there's other jobs outside of Target. You're like using just two examples. Yeah, but I was I I mean I did temp work. I I've been a like a janitor. I cleaned carpets in one place. I did um like the machine where you I had to sit stand and put these like links together. That's like literally what I did for like 12 hours, just put links together, links together, links together. And you're so wrecked by that, just that you don't want to do anything. So I've, I've, I just, for me, I would like to know what would be a job that you could go home and feel like I just I've never had a job where I've gone home and like I want to creatively do stuff yeah 
I've never had that. So it is just the reality of like having to work. Did you find? Yeah, it's true romance. True romance. Yes. That is the movie that uh, yeah, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino wrote and You've... Tony Scott directed. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he was gonna he was gonna direct the it. late Tony Scott. Yeah, he was gonna direct it, and then they weren't like gonna give him money, and so he's like, I'd rather take money, yeah, so I can make something I actually yeah. want to make. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, obviously, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think having a job really that gives you freedom and flexibility, yeah, basically having a good paying part time job, yeah, and then learning how to live on very minimal yeah. amount of money, yeah, while you pursue your actual interest as your other job. Yeah. Basically having two jobs. Just one is your passion job that you're not getting paid for yet. Yeah. And hoping that you get paid for it soon. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to know how many directors who are like active, like big directors, like how they got their start. How they got their start, like how wealthy were their family backgrounds, you know, like just the reality of it. There's um, actually um a series of books that talks of that like they interview directors and talk about cool. their starts. Um that uh, I have one of them. Chris actually gave it to me. Nice. Uh the same Chris that we're talking about. Um, but, uh, and there's another one too that it's, it's interesting. The few I read, um, through, I haven't read the whole book yet, but the few that I read their stories, it's, they all have like very different ways of getting there. But a lot of them, I will say most of them had a job where they got to do storytelling. Okay. Interesting. You know, like if they were in the industry, their creative field was like more like storytelling right? versus like just the technical side of the craft. Yeah. You know, like they were, they were truly, and so then they were able to actually get like noticed as storytellers, mm -hmm. and then that spawned into them getting paid, whether it was a, you know, getting something financed or whatever, you know, getting investors, even if it was a small project that then, you know, really took off, um, like they were able to start off getting paid to be storytellers, and then that expanded to other things. Huh. Like an example, what would be like they were a ghostwriter? Well, like yeah. one of them was like a um, like a radio DJ, but they did like live stories in between songs. So they would like make up s stories and like tell them during, the, and they would they were on at like two o'clock at night or something That's like Scorsese, that. That's Scorsese, wasn't it? No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you know, like they were just like making stuff up, yeah, and like um, telling these different, and like they would pretend like they were alive, like real, and you know, and different things like that, and so Orson Welles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of Orson Welles yeah. type stuff, but the um, so I thought that was interesting that like that, and then they from that like somebody liked what they were doing and gave them some money to like go out and make an independent film. Yeah, where they actually then were kind of like getting paid for, it. and of course it was like super stressful and they didn't you know they didn't get any sleep and it was super hard, but then it like became a hit, um, and then from there then that grew into other stuff. Yeah, you know, and even like a lot of the directors like Fincher and some of those people who were like commercial filmmakers and then switched over to um, like narrative filmmaking, you know, they're doing big ad spots that are more like stylistic or creative driven. Like Fincher did like a ton of music videos yep. during the heyday. And commercials. Yeah, but he was uh, like, but he did like a, his heyday was like, he was in, uh, during the heyday of music videos, he was one of the big music video directors. And Mark Webb. And so music videos definitely have like a storytelling component to it, oh, yeah. you know, but then there's a ton of music video directors that have tried to go on to make movies and have failed miserably. Yeah. So, I mean, some of it is too, just like, you have Fincher. to be good. But yeah. You gotta be good. <laughs> yeah. Fincher is like amazing. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I, it was an interesting thought. 
uh, interesting statement by that director, the non, the unknown director. Um, and I, I guess I, I do agree that some creative jobs, I think the thing is with creative jobs is that we have to, and I think this is probably the thing that when young people join the creative industry that thus that are like more experienced and sort of older in the industry sort of laugh at them about it behind their back, knowing that like almost like a new parent, you laugh at like all the stuff that they would, that they fuss over that you're like, Oh, you're going to quit caring about that after a while. Um, is that like a creative job is a job first. Yeah. Like creative comes first when we say it creative job. But in reality, we ought to say a job that allows some creativity. Yeah. Um, and so it's really more like, I think maybe the better statement or thing to think about is like, is your job holding you back from pursuing your actual passions? Yeah. And is it providing you the opportunities to pursue those passions and turn your passion into something that will pay you so you don't, so that can become your job and you get to do that during the day versus having to do it in the evenings and yeah. nights because doing Brought stuff- to that, you by Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. Turn your project <laughs> into yeah, exactly. reality. <laughs> So uh, like. Squarespace, if you give us some money <laughs> to talk on this podcast, we will do that. Yeah, you know, but I mean, like if 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 somebody actually paid us to record this podcast and we had to record more episodes than once a week, this job would be way easier. Yeah, to then go and be creative afterwards. Absolutely. Than what we currently do. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's like there definitely are jobs if you can find them. You know that there. You know that would allow the ability would make it a little easier or, you know, make you inspired more or whatever, give you the rest or the relaxed mind or the energy or, you know, whatever is the different things that are holding back. Obviously laziness is always going to be a factor, Yeah. but there's even an aspect of that too, where it's like, you know, I think about freelancers sometimes and the fact that like most freelancers don't work five days a week mm-hmm. because that's just not how freelancing works. Now. Yeah. When you're freelancing, it's hard work, so the days you take off are probably going to be more recovery days than go out and do something else days. But there's still a possibility that you'll end up with one extra day a week that the rest of us don't have to go pursue something else. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's other stuff like that. Yeah. What would you say the average uh, rate for a freelancer would be? I mean, usually a freelancer gets paid anywhere from five to $600 a day. Yeah. So that also opens up the reality of like if you're getting good consistent work as a freelancer, you can work up a couple months, you know, solid, like work, 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 work real hard. You're making a lot of money in that time compared to someone who goes in, you know, eight to five, more than likely not making $600 a day unless you're making a good job. So that just also comes down to... (laughs) <laughs> I I think when I was at Target I was making seven fifty an hour. Right. And so there's just no way I could Yeah. Pay for anything. So there is also an aspect of like, yes, the freelancer not only gets maybe more an extra day, they're also getting more money so they don't have to maybe worry so much about the extra day. Yeah, that's why they're getting the extra day yeah. because they're paying for it yeah. by working longer hours on the other day. Yeah. And there's expenses that freelancers have that normal people don't. They have to pay taxes. they got to yeah. pay insurance. Well, and also never knowing right. when the next paycheck. Yeah, and there's you have to, you have to sometimes have your own gear. 
you have to pay for you obviously you have to pay for your own gas yeah. you know i mean there's there's definitely expenses that like other people don't have but um you know if you do it right you know now the reality is like you probably won't be able to like work a ton for three months because like the work's just not there like yeah. that yeah like partly you're only working three days two days out of the week yeah. because that's on average because that's what you're actually getting called for yeah um but you know i mean if you if you were freelancing like that and then had the ability to work with your other friends who are freelancers to go make stuff some of the other times out of the week, you know, um, or say, Hey, this week we're going to not work. Um, I don't know. The money part obviously always comes back to it. Um, to the fact that you have to pay your bills and in an ideal world, you get be paid for the creativity you actually want to yeah. do. You know, yeah. if you want to make YouTube videos and YouTube series, then you actually made enough yeah. money doing those that you wouldn't have to do anything yeah. else. I think that's, just for me personally I know that if I can do something I 100% know that five days out of the week I can come in do something creative and get paid and that's always guaranteed even though it's maybe not my idea of creativity or it's not my idea at least it's something instead of like gambling on the idea that two days out of five I do something I want to do when reality is like you have to get everyone on board it's not one man yeah task you have to get other people involved and as you get older your friend circles disperse right and they're across the country they can't come and help you so for me I'm like this is my only chance at creativity is these five days yeah and i love it you know because i remember what it was like not to be great you know yeah. and that's just gonna be the reality is if i went and worked at a retail store i'm still those two extra days i'm not gonna do anything creative unless i own my own gear unless i right. you know I'm not going to be able to make the things I want to make because it takes a team. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, the filmmaking definitely is one of the worst yeah. creative yeah. things, to be honest, in my opinion. Because, like, if you're a musician, you can play your instrument by yourself exactly. and make music. Yeah. If you're a writer, you can obviously, I mean, writers only need a writer. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's just, I mean, other than like maybe like playwrights, you know, actors definitely have it bad. You know, so I feel like people in theater and people in film. Uh, have it the worst because yeah. it requires a big group of people to go make something. Yeah. Um. So you're really kind of more like held back by who's available and your resources than oftentimes your actual time. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, it's a different boat for me too because I don't have a college degree, and so you know you could just say, well, just go get a different job that pays more or whatever. That's not an option <laughs> like the reality is most jobs you do need a degree or something like that but i'm only certified for creative jobs yeah so that's that's what i'm talking about go find a different non-creative job well that's not that's only going to be retail or that's right. going to be restaurants or something like yeah. that and that's soul sucking so i would have to if i am going to get a better paying job quote unquote it would have to be in the creative field yeah. So it's like for people like me and a lot of people who are in the creative field who right. didn't go to school or whatever, like this is our only option. So to say like, oh, you're not 
being able to do something creative is kind of insulting because it's like that's coming from the mouth of someone who who probably has a degree or something where they have another option. Yeah. Where it's like people like me, we just we don't have another option. So Yeah. I think I mean I think you always have options though. I mean I think that's somewhat true. And obviously the you know the if this guy was giving advice to people who are young, yeah. they would have been able to make the decision of yeah. like where they go yeah. and what they do, you know. So I don't think he's talking to people who are 65 and don't yeah. have college degrees and you But know, once again, when you're limited. young, like you're not going to become a filmmaker unless you have some experience in yeah. it. And if you're just doing your own personal fun creative stuff, I can tell you right now if I kept making those YouTube videos or whatever, like I would not have grown like I grew working in the commercial industry yeah. or working around people. I wouldn't have had those connections either. Yeah. I would have just been some guy in my backyard filming. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think this is interesting. I don't. I don't think we have like a. Yeah. There's perfect, no answer. Yeah. There's not any perfect answer. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. Um. Life's hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. Life's hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I do think it's worth reflecting on. Yeah. In wherever you are in your life, if you're not actually in the career that you want to be doing. Yeah. Um. You know, and it doesn't have to even be. I I also think that like, if you're happy enough making, you know, like you used to have the uh, questions with Todd or what was it called Q and A with Q and A with Todd. Yeah. Um. You know, like if if you like loved making those Q and A videos and that's what you were really into. Yeah. And like, I I do I guess I say I I feel like we overvalue to some degree the importance of always doing something creatively for a job. Yeah. I mean, I think the root point of a job is to provide for your bills Yeah, and provide for your standard of living that you want. Outside of that, like everything else is just extra bonus. Yeah. Um, And and for some, this podcast is right. Yeah. Yeah. We're not getting paid for this and we just enjoy doing it. So I, I do think that like, you know, like if you enjoyed doing a podcast and we just love doing podcasts, like the, the, the problem is once you start getting paid for something, it changes the dynamics of yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. You now have to do it a certain way. You have to do what the audience wants. You have to do what your advertiser wants. You have to do what the client wants. You have to do what your boss wants. You know, you have to do it whatever what the what the industry expects or what the culture expects at the time. And a lot of time to be innovative, different, unique, compelling, entertaining, on the edge of what's next. You have to actually do the opposite of what everybody who wants to pay you wants you to do. Yeah. So I guess there is a freedom that comes from it not being tied to your bills. Yeah. Because then you can say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do it this way because that's the way I want to do it. Yeah. Um, So I think that's, you know, like, I think for everybody, it's like it's worth reflecting, like, and it doesn't have to be even, like, tied to a paycheck. Like, you know, if you really enjoy baking cakes, like, you can bake cakes out of your home. Yeah and get to do it the way you want to at the time you want to with the ingredients you want to at the price you want to, um, versus going, having to do it for a full-time job. Now all of a sudden you have to do it the way that that job wants you to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. Uh, anyways, that's our, that's our thoughts. Interesting discussion. Yeah. Just don't do anything, guys. <laughs> just, That's the moral of the story. Just don't do anything. You know anything. what? I think the answer to this is be independently wealthy. <laughs> if you can, one word before acronyms. 
Fire, baby. Yeah. Fire. Like, to answer- Financial independence, Scorsese, Ford, and Spielberg. <laughs> we make Marvel movies to become rich. That's <laughs> it. Like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, Ford had the the- the ability to leave Hollywood because he made, you know, the Godfather. Godfathers and yeah. he made Apocalypse. And, you know, yeah. he made his money, even yeah. though he's broke again. But, I mean, he got broke after, I think, Apocalypse Down. It's like he went into debt making that movie. And he had just made the Godfathers and all that stuff. I don't know. So uh, I don't listen to those. Everyone <laughs> is yelling about everything. Do what you like to do. And you'll find a way to do it. Like, that's just the reality of it, whether you're getting paid for it. And it's like, eh, I don't really like to just find a way to do it. So, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think this is something worth thinking about. It is. And, and figuring out, you know, because I definitely think there's a possibility a job could be holding you back. Yeah. Um, but I also think all your points that, like, other factors, like our laziness, could be holding us back. And then we just like to use our job as an excuse. So if, if you're using your job as an excuse, stop using it as an excuse. Go do yeah. what you want. If your job is holding you back, then really consider what you really want to do and how you can change your job, take care of your bills, and then have the ability to pursue what you want to pursue. Yep. All right, folks. It was a pleasure. Till next you. week. Bye. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.